Thank you for joining J&J Sports Nation, where I'm your host, Jay Will. And this is your boy, Jay Cross. And we are talking about college football yes, once sir. again. Like I said, this year, uh, college football has dealt us a plentiful, plentiful selection of games. Uh, we previously talked about Thursday's matchup, but we're going to get into Friday's matchup. Friday's matchup. Hit one of the games that I'm going to probably really take a look at closely because it's going to be Colorado and Colorado State. Jay, what you looking at? Well, right now, first off, I, when I take a look at this thing, I really want to kind of see what Stanford's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to see they got San Diego State. Right. So it's interesting to see what they have this year. I mean, mm-hmm. they've lost some some pivotal names right. um, from last from last season. But right. it's interesting to see their number 13th rank, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting for me to see. That's a game I really want to take a look at. Most definitely, most definitely. And uh, one thing I talk about with Colorado, Colorado State, those are rivalry games. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have a rivalry games, you throw out records. You know, it really doesn't matter. You know, it's the in-state rivalry. Bad blood is in the air because, hey, you have one team, Colorado versus Colorado State, kind of like the big brother versus versus the little brother. So, once again, that will be a great matchup. I do see another matchup in Michigan State versus Utah. Mm-hmm. Of course, Michigan State is ranked number 11. So, mm-hmm. How much fight Utah State has in them? Anyone can guess. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm, at this point, what I'm going to do, I know we have some big games on Friday, mm-hmm. but me being a Navy guy, I want to see what the Army and Duke game is going to be like. You being an Army guy yourself. Yes, sir. I Ooh. hope, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that I see Duke devour them um, so I know when the <laughs> Army-Navy game comes, we're okay. So okay. I just kind of want to show some love to that, that military game there, yeah, yeah. the Army and Duke. Yeah. So I'll be checking out, and I, I'm always into those games, no matter who Army, Duke, Air Force, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Army, Navy. Navy, Air Force, whoever those right. guys are playing, right. I'm into it. So, to be honest with you, I was joking about it, but I would like to see Army upset them. Uh, being, mm-hmm. you know, Duke, Duke, and you know, they kind of they can hold their own, believe yeah. it or not. If yes. you they, they're known for basketball um, uh, university, mm-hmm. but they've they've done pretty good as far as best as you would think they could do in football. Uh, so that'll be interesting as well. So I just wanted to give them a shout out, and that's a game that I'll be checking out as well. Yeah, you know, Duke. You know, one of the things that's really you know. That's exciting is when you see Duke. Everybody knows Duke for basketball. But lately, their football program has uh, pretty much came up. What I mean by that is they have improved drastically. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, shout out mm-hmm. to all my Army vets out there. who, mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely want to see the Army go ahead and take it to them. So, uh, at the end of the day, that would be another great game to watch. But definitely it's going to be a tall task because Duke is no pushover. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, so if I look at that, I always – um, um, admire teams like Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, it was some. I had some battles with them. You know, my my squad, the U, mm-hmm. throw up the Canes. You know, what I'm saying we'll be we'll be talking about them soon in the future segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but Syracuse is always in that. I believe it was was that Carrier Dome they mm-hmm. went down there. Mm-hmm. So they always interesting. I like to at the at the beginning of the year since we know so little about teams um, for the most part. We know the big name, the higher echelon colleges, Alabama. We know LSU. Mm-hmm. We know those guys, the U, mm-hmm. uh, those teams. Um, but it's interesting. I like to watch the game so I can see who's up and coming, so I can see the teams in later on in our segments that I'll tell you that I believe that's going to be an upset or I believe this and that. So I'm interested to see what Syracuse has, um, and I think they have Western Michigan on the schedule uh, for tomorrow. So that'll be that'll be a pretty good test for them Most to start definitely. off as well. Well, one of the things, you know, and, and, and please, you know, we're, we're – really excited about, you know, J&J Sports Nation. And 
there's a segment I'm going to really get into later on talks about cupcake schedules. And one of the things that's kind of my pet peeve is the fact that, you know, we're in the age and the era of college, uh, the football playoff. And most teams, when they always get down to the end of the season, you know, they start, you know, I guess it is what it is. They start crying and whining. And why cry and whine when you play cupcake schedules? And especially when you have a division that is a very tough division. Well, guess what? If you really want the voters to really vote your way, uh, me personally, I've always felt that you want to have the best, the best team, but also have the best schedule. Because at the end of the day, you know, I understand that when you first start out, you know, you, you don't have your legs underneath you. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to impress the voters. Because at the end of the day, if, you know, if I'm a voter, and I'm just going to be real. If I'm a voter and I look at two, you know, two different teams, two different colleges, and at the end of the day, one of them played, you know, they played two teams that were cupcake teams. And at the end of the day, my boys are going to go to the other team who played a relatively harder mm-hmm. schedule. Why? Because... A, they want to compete, and that's what it's about. I mean, football's about competing. And at the end of the day, if you don't have the right schedule, why should you complain at, on the back end when, you know, and I understand also, keep in mind, I'm not, not ignorant to the fact that these schedules are made years in advance, but guess what? There are some, there are some games you can kind of uh, uh, replace or substitute, you know, but at the end of the day, guess what? You have to be competitive throughout the whole season. If not, then what happens is you wind up holding the short end of the stick. So, shout out to all the ADs across the college football landscape. If you're in that type of situation, take a look at your schedules. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you came up short. So, from the standpoint, and I and I always pose this question to people, and I asked you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that? Uh, with those cupcake skills, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if you're playing basically a glorified high school squad and um, on the collegiate level, then mm-hmm. hey, when it's time for the vote, the vote committee to for you know for BS BCS championships, right? You can kind of know how that's going to turn out for you. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it matters much um, your conference schedule? Because for example, that um, if Baylor or UT uh, if they would play a bunch of cupcakes because of the Big 12 not being as strong, mm-hmm. would that make it look as bad versus, say, an Alabama, mm-hmm. who they do have a few. They usually start off with a, a nice little kickoff game uh, against a powerhouse, but then they'll go into a two- or three-game slate where they're playing basically a nobody. Right. But I think sometimes that's overshadowed because then they'll have LSU, they'll have Auburn, you know, then they'll have all the, the uh, Arkansas, they'll have the, some of the top teams in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of overlook it. Well, we know they play cupcakes, but they can hold their own. Mm-hmm. Do you think if the conference, uh, the power of the conference matters as far as that goes? Most definitely. There's another segment we're definitely going to get into once again. You know, that's why I love what we do, because at the end of the day, you get to examine sports from so many different angles. And just to answer your question, when you have conferences, let's take two conferences, for example. And I always love it because eventually we're going to get to my segment of how to fix the Big 12. Let's say the Big 12 and the SEC. SEC houses Georgia, Alabama, houses Florida. They house uh, many different other teams that are big-time teams. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, Tennessee, you're talking about, uh, believe me, I'm not mistaken, Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have these teams that are in the SEC, uh, also Ole Miss, Arkansas. These are 
big time programs who are competing in you know week in and week out. So when you look at why the SEC is king in college football, and it will always continue to be king because a Alabama wins championships each and every year. And once again, there's going to be a segment dealing with uh, roll tide, meaning that we want to understand how and why they're rolling over the entire college football landscape. But at the end of the day, when you talk about that, the Big 12 is not, even though it's considered a Power 5 conference, at the end of the day, when you look at the teams, matter of fact, you know, you, you kind of almost got me started here because I did a personal research I researched the Big 12 for, I think it was, say, starting from 2000 and I want to say 15, 2015. And when you start adding up the wins and losses, it, it, it's staggering. Uh, you know, certain teams in the Big 12, I'm not going to mention them now. You know, I feel they shouldn't even be in the Big 12 because at the end of the day, they're not bringing in a the type of competitiveness they should be. And when you look at it, it's just across the board. You look at how much the Big 12 uh, generated versus the SEC. It's almost double. Why? Because at the end of the day, when you talk get into your conference play, uh, the Big 12 conference is, will, will never be as strong as the SEC. Big 12 fans, you're probably upset with me. I understand, but you know it. It's the truth. I'm not going to lie here. Because when you stack up both the SEC and the Big 12, these are two teams that at the end of the day, uh, excuse me, two conferences that are going east and west. And at the end of the day, it's just really, really upsetting for me because at the end of the day, I'm a huge football fan. Guys, understand this. I'm a huge football fan. And I love competition. Who wants to sit down and watch Alabama play Northwestern State? Nobody wants to see that. They want to see Alabama against the LSUs. They want to see Alabama against the USC's. They want to see marquee matchups each and every week. But at the end of the day, that's not what happens. So when you place the fate of a program in the hands of a voter mm-hmm. and they get upset, this is the main reason why you can't play cupcake schedules. And, you know, I'm just coming kind of rolling back into it. You can't play cupcake schedules and just think you're going to just waltz into the college playoff. So at the end of the day, you know, and, and we're going to examine, um, I forgot which year it was, but I'm going to talk, uh, we'll do a segment on that as well. Because there was a segment where there were two Big 12 teams that were slated. They could, I mean, they were ready to go into the college football playoffs. Both of them got pushed out for a team that was below them. Why? The conference schedule hurts them every time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and it's, with, with Alabama, I don't really – I use them as example. I don't really think with Alabama that's really a um, even a discussion as far as them um, because, I mean, as even as you take a look at their schedule um, this year, I mean, they're starting off out the gate with Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've, they've got Arkansas State, and then they run right into Ole Miss, A&M, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, mm-hmm. Tennessee, and LSU to, to, to uh, Mississippi State. And then they have the Citadel and then Auburn, so mm-hmm. they pretty much they pretty much have their. Uh, they don't play many cupcakes. Mm-hmm. I think where it's it's more important when I think about teams such as you know my team uh, that I love the U mm-hmm. um, to the to the end of time. We start off with LSU. Mm-hmm. However, the problem is week two, we, the second game of the season, we have Savannah State, Toledo, mm-hmm. I uh, FIU, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll get into. I scheduled with North Carolina, Florida mm-hmm. State, Virginia. Right. So I think those type of uh, programs such as 
as ours, mm-hmm. we don't have the luxury that Bama has at this moment. Mm-hmm. So you got to play, you got to start hit hard, and you got to hit from the beginning, start mm-hmm. so that you can get the credibility. The voters can see that you can beat anybody mm-hmm. because that can make a big difference if you're trying to see if you're going to vote in Clemson to play against an Alabama mm-hmm. uh, in the um, the playoffs. Because I think mm-hmm. like last year. It was even a case where Bama really just barely snuck in. Right. I think they were like the, maybe even the fourth seed right. um, in the, the BCS. Right. And that was most definitely because of the schedule that mm-hmm. they played in there. So with Bama, they're in a league of their own. Yeah, I mean, Saban true. got them in a league of their own. So true. nobody can argue no matter who they play, who they, who they can compete against because they are you know, top three regardless mm-hmm. um, to what we can see from what we see so far. But I do think everybody else mm-hmm. – they needs to have they need to have a strong outing, and it definitely is. that's gonna. I'm looking forward to that segment when it comes, so we can spend more time on it. But definitely, it, it's definitely. Uh, and if you guys have, if you guys want to come in, if you want to, you know, express certain things, we'll we'll also have it set up here soon where we can we'll have guests and we can have certain things of that nature. So Correct. we'll continue, continue to grow. Yeah. Um, but that's that's with cupcake schedule. That's a that's a good topic. One of the things I know, as you mentioned earlier, one of the things. I think another issue with that is, is as you start reading the schedule, you know, you have the you know, FIU or whatever you said. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what really hurts teams is you play a team like that and it's like you beat them by 10 points. Right. You know, you almost have to beat a team, which nowadays, you know, we, we're in a very, very you know, uh, touchy-feely type of uh, day and time when, you know, if you put 50 points on them, then that's really running up the score. Right. But you really have to do that if you play a team like that in order for the voters to say, well, oh, yeah, man, they, they played this team, and guess what? They beat them by 50, rightfully so. But when you play a team like that and you're like, well, they just beat them by 10, it give them a call for the, you know, to, to pause before they even place a vote. Why? Because they look at that and say, well, hey, this is you should be a powerhouse team. You should be doing this. And kind of echo that, you know, I'm looking at uh, Oklahoma's schedule. They play FAU. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on the top of that, they play UCLA. Mm-hmm. Then they go into conference. They play uh, uh, Iowa State University, ISU. Then they play Army. Right. Then they get back into their conference schedule, of course, playing Baylor, then Texas, TCU, Kansas State, and so on and so forth. So when you look at that, which, you know, even though Army is, you know, of course, one of the you know, nation's top uh military schools but come on army i mean that's this is what i'm talking about and let's say somehow they win they beat army by 10 points guess what that's not a good look for them because guess what last year they were one play away from going to you know playing in the championship game so those are some of the things that we you know we talk about with the uh, big 12 conference you know fau fau i mean it's just it it kind of really it really gets me because at the end of the day, teams always have an issue when it comes down to um, why they don't get votes. And, right. it's, and it's crazy because at the end of the day, the reason why it is very simple. You have to play competitive ball all the time. Right. You know, take a look at my beloved team, the Texas Longhorns. They mm-hmm. play out the gate versus Maryland. Last year, they lost to Maryland 41-51, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It was a shootout. So the question is, where's the defense? We'll see this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they come play Tulsa. Okay. Then they play USC, which the is a good opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I'm not mistaken, I think they signed a three-year deal 
to uh, I mean a three year schedule uh, tilt there, mm -hmm. so you know which is good. And then, of course, they get into you know conference play. So you know, for example, for Texas, they beat Maryland, they beat Tulsa, and they beat USC, and then they get into conference you know conference play. They could pretty much write their ticket at that point. But once again, that's a tall order. So uh, at the end of the day. You know, like I said, you know, these teams really have to, these programs really have to take it up a notch when it comes to the non-conference schedule because whether your conference is a tough conference or not, you have to present the right type of, the word I'm looking for is, um, hmm, you know, you have to present the right look for those voters because they're going to go back. A lot of people say, well, not how you start, how you finish. Well, I disagree. Because if I'm a voter, I'm looking at your full schedule. I want to know what you did in the beginning, you know. Because by, at the end of the you know at the end of the uh, season, guess what? Everybody's on at that point. Everybody's you know all the dust is knocked off, and hey, you've been playing football for weeks now. But I want to see what happens in the beginning because a lot of people, which is and now don't don't get me wrong, if you have a loss and it's been shown that if you have a loss early in the ski in the right, season, right. and you have a strong uh, finish, finish yeah. you can still make it in. So mm -hmm. that's what I think about it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's. I mean, this is a good topic, man. I, I mean, it's we. I know, you know, time permitting, we we're going to talk more about it. Yeah. But we we definitely need. I I definitely think within with the voting in the committee, mm -hmm. we definitely need some consistency across the definitely. board. Most definitely. Because um, and if I could kind of turn this a, a different direction, mm -hmm. um, and like I say we'll elaborate on it later. Right. Uh, really, in in in. I don't understand. Uh, it kind of it 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 hurts a powerhouse, but it doesn't necessarily help the smaller school. So you you talked about I don't think it was maybe was it uh, UT was that playing is going to be playing Army or was that Oklahoma? Oklahoma's Oklahoma is going to be playing Army. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say that there was some way that Army knocks off Oklahoma. And and, and, and you know and, what? Not, and, not to cut you off, but every single year a Power Five team goes down, either between weeks one and three, one and three. Right. They always tend to go down, and when that happens, right, like I said earlier, and, and so say they they knock off OU, mm -hmm. and then they run the table, and then somehow you know, well they found a way last year to finally, after years, beat. Uh, the Navy, hoorah. Mm -hmm. But um, they find a way to beat Navy and they run the tape. Okay. Well, then the committee looks at things and say, well, you know, they beat OU, but, you know, they didn't really play, played Air Force, you know. Uh, they probably would have to beat Notre Dame. I think that's a, a regular right. form, mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. So that really wouldn't help them from a standpoint of actually getting a shot at a BCS playoff. Um, correct, correct. From a standpoint. But it could damage OU if they lose to them. So right. you kind of take a risk. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, it's it's kind of like the bully. If you beat them up, yeah. <laughs> okay, of course you beat them up. Yeah, yeah you, you should have did. Yeah, but mm -hmm. if you lose, ah, you lost. Mm -hmm. till you got beat up, and you're yeah. supposed to be the powerhouse. Right. So you really, from that standpoint, you have a lot to lose, especially right. early in the season. Right. Because like you say, by the time the end of the year, you polished up. Mm -hmm. Um, you kind of got everything together. But right. yeah, it. I think it needs to be some consistency. I think that. If you are an army, mm -hmm. you know, and you schedule two or three of those powerhouses, you have to play your conference. Or some of them, some some uh, teams are even in the uh, independent. Right. But you have to play that schedule. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so you can't do anything about that. But mm -hmm. if you 
show well against those powerhouses or defeat those powerhouses, right. you should get a chance. I mean, there right. are. I mean, I just well, you know, one you know, of the but, things that has plagued the college football playoff, and it happened prior to the college football playoff. It played it back in what they were doing the um, uh, the BCS and the coaches poll back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the question always, uh, you know, ha- you know, has come up, and it continues to come up even now. Should small schools or non-outside Power Five conferences, major conferences, should they get a look? Uh, you know, should they get a look? And the question everybody would say, of course, the the, the small schools would say, well, yes, because they want to even playing field. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm 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 uh, I can't wait to start on a segment of. How to fix not only how to fix the Big Twelve, but how to fix the college lands football landscape, because there are some things that I've looked at, I've continuously looked at, and I'm really passionate about it. Because at the end of the day, everybody needs to be in position to be successful. How do they do that? Well, it's very simple. You have to be in a conference where you are acknowledged. Mm-hmm. That's why, hello, they say the Power Five conference, right? Because those mm-hmm. are the five conferences that what. I don't care who tell you, and the voter would never tell you, but if they tell you, they're lying. At the end of the day, they don't really look at small schools. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's nice, it's pretty good. Like Appalachian State, uh, sorry, Michigan. Yeah. Well, they beat Michigan. Right. They, they beat Michigan. You know, that, that was probably what there, there was that signature win. Right. But at the end of the day, guess what? Nothing really happened from that. So small schools truly, really get the shaft. And that's just what it is because at the end of the day, there's no – and with people, you know, people agree, that's fine. But, hey, this is my podcast. I'm good to go. Right. There's no sexiness in it. Right. You know, you you have a – you know, and don't get me wrong, uh, and don't take this offense. Boise State, would you rather see Boise State in the championship or would you rather see Michigan? Would you rather see um, – you know, a UConn, or would you rather see a USC? See, there are certain schools that have that it factor with it. And so guess what? That's what happens. And so, you know, you know, just shout out to the small schools. Hey, I know you guys work hard. You put your pads on. You play football like everybody else. You have the desire and the passion. But, you know, it has to be almost like a perfect or what I call the perfect storm for them to be able to make that happen. So right. anyway. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. You know, we got, got a little passionate about it. But, hey, when it comes to football, that's what it is. So, yes, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, like we said, we're gonna uh, we're just getting going. We will have uh, avenues for you to be able to, you know, get your questions out, you know, get your questions to us. We'll be able to answer those uh, throughout our segments. And, guys, hey, once again, we thank you. As always, when you want to get your real sports on, J&J Sports Nation. We out. Thank you once again for joining us at J&J Sports Nation, where we talk about sports, all types of sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again. We want to talk about Saturday, September 1, the probably official release of the college football schedule here. What I mean by that means a full smorgasbord of games. So we're going to talk about, I'm going to take two. I'm your boy, Jay Will. And it's your boy, Jay Cross. And we're going to take a couple of games to kind of talk about it because, man, we could be here forever talking about all these games. But I'm going to focus in on, yes, you know it, Hook'em Horns, the number 23-ranked Texas Longhorns versus Maryland Turpins. 
it's going to be a really intriguing game because of the fact, like I said last year, they uh, Maryland won 51 to 41. Really good games back and forth. But what else do you get in college football nowadays? You know, a lot of people rarely play a lot of defense. So, at the end of the day, Texas and Maryland. Now, the tail of the tape, when you look at the stats from last year, you know, it's kind of like 7 on 7, 41 to, uh, 41 to 51. So, one of the things I'm really going to really watch in this game, particularly because I will be watching this game, is the defense. Will Texas have the defense ready this time? Because at the end of the day, you know, they almost won the game, but we understand what almost means. You still got the L. Mm -hmm. So, at the end of the day, Jay, my beloved Longhorns, I need you to go ahead and pull through and get this W. Get this dub, baby. Because if you start out with that L, baby, it's not going to be nice, man. It's not going to be nice. But at the end of the day, Texas, Maryland, that's the one I'll be watching. There you go. Well, I'm going to jump over to uh, a top ten showdown. Number six, Washington mm-hmm. versus number nine, Auburn. Ooh. It's a battle of the Pac-12 yeah. versus the SEC. And one thing that jumps out to me about this game is the both of these teams – they have great defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I mean, Auburn definitely their defense was their strength. They held opponents about eighteen point three per game, three point six yards uh, per rush back in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got their returning uh, linebacking core, Deshaun Davis and Darrell Williams, right? And they combined for about one hundred and forty tackles apiece last year. Right. But then on the flip side of things, there um, from Washington standpoint, their defense is is, is good as well. Right. I mean, they can really fly to the ball. They can get to the ball. So Definitely. it's going to be. I think that game is going to be interesting to see um, what offense can can make plays because mm-hmm. uh, I think the defense will. Uh, decide this game. I know a lot of times we say defense wins championships, win games, but I think this, whatever offense can minimize their mistakes, whatever right. offense can right. um, uh, just basically not turn that ball over, not give the defense points, um, right. because that's I always so those are free points when the defense can put points on the board for you. It makes it a lot easier on offense. So I want to see both of those two those two defenses, right. I want to see them fly to, after each other. I want to see what they have going. So that that game, um, that's the two thirty uh, uh, Central Standard Time. So uh, out east, that'll be three thirty p.m. on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to see those the number six, number nine showdown uh, in week one. Yeah, and I just trying to touch a little bit back on uh, Texas. Uh, you know, they named Sam Elliger the uh, starting quarterback for week one. One of the things that's really going to trip me out is the fact that. If he does not perform up to standard, do they go back to the number two option? One of the things I really was kind of upset with uh, Texas was they haven't had a quarterback since Colt McCoy. And there's so many, there's so, so many talented quarterbacks that come out of high school every year. And Texas just truly hadn't found the one that able to be able to just, you know, right that ship. Because I'm with the, you know, I'm with the popular opinion. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. So right. I'm really going to be watching, uh, you know, his maturation, uh, his ability to be able to push the ball down the field. Because a lot of times, uh, I felt he was kind of handcuffed. You know, of course, made some errors, stuff like that last year. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's really going to be something to be seen. And, and likewise, Maryland. Maryland is a, a very opportunistic team. They're very grimy. What I mean right. by that is they grind you out. You know, they're going to play. 
Uh, they had a great defense last, you know, last year. Um, it was just the fact that uh, it was a couple of key errors that made uh, that made the difference. So, uh, just really, really excited to see that game, just to see how everything's happened. Because usually I follow them religiously. I mean, I go to the uh, orange and white game, but uh, I haven't been in about a year or so. So, a little bit removed. But at the end of the day, uh, burnt orange through and through. So I'm just excited about uh, seeing my guys get out there, fly around, fly to the ball, and, you know, just uh, put points up. Right. So with that being said, there is a game that is really, 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 really going to be so good. And it's going to be the number 14 Michigan Wolverines, mm. the Maize and Blue, mm. versus the number 12 Fighting Irish of That's going to be a good one, man. That is going to be a That's good gonna be a game. Good one. Because anytime you take those two teams and put them under the same on the same field, it's going to be a really, really good good. It should be a really good football game because last year Notre Dame had a pretty good year. Uh, of course, they kind of faltered down a little bit, but uh, Michigan was you know every bit as good. You know they got one of the top defensive guys going to be head out in the draft here. Um, you know at the at the conclusion of this season, you know definitely he probably will declare. So at the end of the day, it's really going to be nice. I want to see that Notre Dame offense versus that Michigan D. Mm -hmm. uh, Michigan just named their starting quarterback as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a transfer. So, you know, that's going to be, you know, fun to see because at the end of the day, when you look at the marquee matchups, there's going to be – it's either going to be the offense against the defense or the defense against the offense. And – Michigan had a really, really, really good defense. Because uh, a couple of years ago, Charco Charlton came out of uh, uh, Michigan, uh, and and behind him were some even you know some 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 big time players behind mm -hmm, him. So mm -hmm. uh, Michigan usually keeps that defense stocked here. So they're going to be excited uh, to get out there, kind of you know first game out the shoot. And this is what we talked about in the last segment. You have Michigan number fourteen playing number twelve Notre Dame. So guess what? That's what. The voters want to see. They want to right. see you get out there and play against top tier talent, and see what you got. So, right. really excited about that game. Of course, they're playing at Notre Dame. So, right. that's going to be South Bend. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's going. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking. I can just imagine. I would love to have a ticket to that that game yeah. because yeah. Uh, that game is going to be rocking. That's going to kick off six thirty p.m. and it's going to be on NBC. So, if you want to see that game. To your Michigan faithfuls, I know you. If you're not going to be there, you're going to be watching on TV. And uh, shout out to my boy Dallas, Mr. Maize and Blue himself. I know you're going to be watching that game, you know. And you know, Maize and Blue. It wasn't until I met him that he told me, "Oh, oh, it's not blue and yellow. It's yeah. Maize and Blue." So yeah. hey, shout out to the Maize and Blue. Give you your props. Hey, you better show up because Notre Dame will be waiting for you. Yes, hey, sir. Hey, Jay, what a, what, a what a game you looking at? Yes, sir, man. I'm looking forward to that game with Notre Dame as well, which you said. Mm -hmm. Man, I can't help but think about South being Lou Holtz Ooh. when I was coming up, you know, back in the day. So I'm yes, looking sir. forward to that game. But the game um, I want to talk about, um, number one, Alabama versus Louisville. Man. And that's going to be, be uh, Saturday at 7 o'clock mm -hmm. p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 o'clock East Coast uh, time. Uh, of course, Alabama. Going back for back-to-back -back titles. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Saban, man, he's got six since 2009. That's incredible. And he's, uh, he's going for a record-breaking seven. But what I'm most excited, the reason why I went to that, 
you know, I kind of feel like Alabama's got the upper hand. They'll handle business. Mm-hmm. It may not even be as close. It probably will be a little closer than people think, and mm-hmm. I'll explain that a little bit as well. Okay. But we got a little quarterback issue. What do you mean? That's going on. And where? Oh, uh, was it on Tuscaloosa? We got a little <laughs> issue going on the Tuscaloosa. You know, uh, they, the starting quarterback. Let's talk about that real quick. That was uh, Jalen Hurts. That, did you watch the – that that college football, I did championship game. It was a it was a hell of a game. Did you think Nick Saban would really do that? Yes, I do. Oh, I don't. And, 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 and I think and I think that's what's going to be interesting because because Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. actually was twenty six and two as a starter, but he struggled in the national championship <laughs> game. And do, I like do you to think call, it was more because of Georgia's defense or just. Jalen Hurst's inability to be able to get the ball and make the right decisions. Well, whether it was the defense or right decisions, mm. it didn't stop old Tua T. <laughs> and I say T because I can't pronounce That's that last name. night. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever the case was, yeah. when I'm looking at the game, whether yeah. it was Georgia's defense, which was incredible, right? Uh, whether it was uh, Hurst's inability um, to to stand in the pocket, get passes mm-hmm. where they needed to get, yeah. um, because he's more of a uh, out of pocket, he's a right. runner, scrambler, right. and that Georgia defense is mm-hmm. kind of like those. Uh, hey, who's that linebacker for, for for Georgia? Oh, that, you, see, you talk about the guy in Chicago. What's his name? Oh, that Roquan. Roquan. Yeah, 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 that's him. That's him. Not Bears. That's Bears. Yeah, we agree on that. We'll never yeah. argue about that, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We will find a way to argue about that too. <laughs> but I, I, I want to see. I want to see how Saban's going to handle that. Yeah. Um, when he was interviewed earlier this week, he did speak about he's kind of design an offense to use both of them because mm-hmm. they're runners. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll it'll depend a lot on who they're playing right. and Most the definitely. strengths of the defense, right. um, how they'll play. But I think mm-hmm. they'll both um, get a lot of playing time. Right. It'll be interesting for me to see how Jalen handles it. Because, I mean, when you're 26 and 2, you've been the man. Yep. National championship game, you struggle, you get yep. taken out, and you win the national championship game. Mm-hmm. So you're excited, but at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're like, mm-hmm. we won this because I wasn't playing. Right. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. why we actually came back in order. So that's going to be interesting to see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Um, from from the standpoint, if Louisville fans are looking at this, mm-hmm. they're saying, well, that's all you want to see. No, Louisville, it's going to be interesting to see. Louisville usually it's, has a good it's, team yearly. It's, I mean, it's, if Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson hadn't left, mm-hmm. this would have been a really, really yeah. good game. He yeah. makes that much of a difference. But don't sell him short. First game of the season, the, you don't, just never know Don't, don't sell him short at all because they, you know, they did have a uh, pretty down season last year. They won 85. You know, they lost mm-hmm. the Tax Slayer Bowl right. to Mississippi State 31-27. Yeah. But the defense does have five returning starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the Etheridge uh, returning. He had 83 tackles in 13 games. Right. The junior defensive end is Jonathan Greenert. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 15 and a half tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. So they do have a good team, a lot of people coming back. So uh, I wouldn't go into the game if I was a Louisville fan saying that, oh, we're going to upset the Tide, which could happen early game, this, that. But right. I do expect it not to be over at halftime. I do think they're going to hold they'll hold their own. Right. And so with that game, it's just intriguing to me because I want to see how the quarterback issue is handled because it may not be much of an issue or may not be as difficult to decide at this point juncture in the season right. when you get into the deep into the SEC correct it's definitely got to be some stability and history shows right. that a two quarterback system is not as effective as you may think but if hello. anybody can make it work hello Texas 
But 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 if anybody can make it work, Nick Saban can make it work. Yeah. Um, not not to t- UT. I'm not I'm not talking about the great Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm not at all. Well, see but, the thing about even with that, you look at you know, like I said, Texas last true quarterback was Colt McCoy, and ever since then, the, that position has been in flux. And for me, as hard as it seems. You're in the the richest state as it come as it relates to talent, mm-hmm. Texas. Texas has, I mean, Texas is like it, it, you know I've heard it. You know, football's a religion of Texas. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, can you help me to understand? And yes, I did say that. Help me to understand. Yes. Why, since Colt McCoy has left Texas. They can't find a quarterback to lead the organization, and you know, and, and it becomes an issue because if you think about it, most of the issues surrounded the quarterback issue, which in turn affected the receiving, affected everything else on the offense. So, if you don't have a quarterback, you know, your offense will be stagnant. Because another thing too is the quarterback, of course, is the general mm-hmm. uh, for the offense, and you got to have a guy that be able that can comprehend, understand. And pretty much choose and eat up film. You got to be able to watch film. You got to understand. But when you don't, when you have two, you don't have one. Right. And so that's just how I feel about. It. And and Louisville fans also. I know you lost Lamar Jackson. I know he's up with the Ravens doing his thing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a guy you have by the name of Jawan Pass. Just keep that in mind. In 2016, he did relieve Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. a, uh, for um, a, a few instances, mm-hmm. and he actually completed 22 of 30, 33 attempts for 238 yards, mm-hmm. two touchdowns, and ran for a 62-yard touchdown. Okay. So it looks like he'll actually get his opportunity now mm-hmm. to get out of the shadows, shadows of Jackson mm-hmm. and just do his thing. So it looks like he can he can kind of throw that ball as well mm-hmm. and he can kind of get out of pocket. So just keep your eye on Juwan Pass. Right. Let's see let's see what he can do um, now that he will be the, the starter for them. Uh, we'll see we'll see what he's going to do. I mean, he's a sophomore, right. uh, 6'4", 231 pounds. Yeah. So, hey, so hey, let's, let's just keep mm-hmm. an eye on him. Um, and see what he does. We might see glimmers of that even in the game versus Bama. Yeah. So I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing that. We find out a lot about that game. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, you know, some other notable games are going to be taking place. Uh, and one thing I want to give a shout-out to uh, SMU. will be playing at North Texas. Uh, for those who don't know, SMU mm-hmm. has a stud at the DB position. By the name, I call him CD, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. Christian Davis, uh, okay, okay. a local Midway product. Okay, so uh, he's out there doing his thing we'll now. Christian Davis, and uh, so at the end of the day, shout out to you, brother. Uh, get out there and grind for yours, man. Do, do your thing, young so, man. So at the end of the day, like I said, a full slate of games, guys. It is such a beautiful time right now for the football. Fans. Yes, and uh, we're gonna get ready to close this segment out. We're gonna start doing the next segment. We're gonna talk. We're gonna transition from college into that great state of Texas football. Yes. And uh, once we get into that, once again, tune in, guys. This has been J&J Sports Nation. Once again, with your host, Jay Will. And it's your boy, Jay Cross. And we will talk to you soon. Yes, Bye. Sir. Once again, thank you for 
joining us here at J&J Sports Nation. And we're going to talk a little bit, focus on the local stuff. The local, I mean, like, when it comes to football, there's no greater state than a great state of Texas when it comes to Texas high school football. And first on the docket, Midway Panthers versus Euless Trinity. And I tell you what, Midway was just one game away from winning a state title. Came up just a little bit short. But you know what? Hey, it's time to go ahead and get back after it. So it's going to start Friday night versus Euless Trinity. And when you're talking about big-time football, Euless Trinity don't get any bigger. So what I want to see is just like anything, see if Midway can move the ball on the ground and also deliver that ball in the air. And if they can do that and the defense can be stout and, and, and hold up, then, hey, good things that happen this season for Midway. So, Jay, what are you looking at? Man, I'm going. I'm going home. You know. Oh. I, you know. I'm a. I'm a graduate of Kempner High School. Okay. Sugarland, Texas. But Sugarland. You know my heart. Don't say it, man. I'm a bulldog for life. Oh, I see so, you, boy. So I'm going. I'm going. I'm going small. You small. Uh, small school. My alma mater. I like to call it, even though I ain't walked from there. Mm-hmm. Marlin High School. We okay. plan to get the Marlin Bulldogs versus the McGregor Bulldogs, Ooh. and that that will be at Legion Field, Marlin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see this year. I, I did see, um, my I had the honor of seeing, um, in, by the way, MarlinPride.com. If you go to MarlinPride.com, if you'll follow the Bulldogs, if you're from Marlin and you're not living there, you want to kind of follow them, MarlinPride.com. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, I believe, as well. And you can just find out a lot of things about the program, the football, where it's going. But it's interesting to me. To see, I uh, know in training t- camp, I've had on my my a cousin of mine, the offensive coordinator Charles Hitchens. Mm-hmm. He's actually they've been the head coach there. They've actually been working on conditioning, and I think that's important for Marlin because they're, they're it's it's a lot smaller school than it was that I remember. So you, when you got twenty three, twenty four people on a team, you're yeah. playing both ways yeah. constantly. So they've been working on a lot of conditioning. You saw kids. I mean, they they doing bear crawls. They doing they they. Throwing up, they mm-hmm. passing out, and they pushing them to the max because you got to have that endurance to fight through. Right. That's a young team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have they do have some returning starters, so yeah. they're young, but at the same time they they have a lot more experience because this is not the first year right. of them being young. Mm-hmm. So you may have a sophomore that played on varsity last year. Mm-hmm. So he's still a young sophomore, but he has that varsity experience. Right. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, they get ready to play McGregor this week. That's always a rivalry. Out at the, you know, where we work at, it's, it's a lot of McGregor alumni yeah. there. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting for me to see how, how they hold up. Uh, if Bulldogs, if they can keep the fight, mm-hmm. if they can fight through it, because they definitely have the talent. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. They have the talent on the field. Mm-hmm. It's just they're young and they don't have the manpower that they once had. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting for me to watch that game mm-hmm. um, just to see how they can fight through it mm-hmm. and see see if they battle it. So I think, and I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Don't do it. Don't do okay? it. Okay? I'm going to make a bold prediction. All right. The Marlin Bulldogs will make the playoffs. Oh. We will make the playoffs. Do you hear me? I'm calling it right now. I hear you. I'm calling it less than 24 hours. From game one against McGregor, we will make the playoffs. No doubt about it. Huh? Okay. 
Stand up, Bulldogs, all, right. all day long. We'll see you. Right. We'll see you in December, baby. Okay. We'll see you in December. All you don't right. want, hey, and you don't want to play us in the first, second, or third round. Mm. You hear me? I hear you. Cause we young, and hungry. we conditioned, and we hungry. I hear you, baby. That's what I'm. That's the I game I'm you. looking for. What you. you got for us, man? Hey, I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, of course, you know, pick off the low hanging fruit. La Vega is going to be playing Medina High School. Mm. So La Vega has been of late they've been really 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 been very fortunate in terms of talent mm-hmm. coaching so what i want to see from that game is to see if they just pick up where they left off mm-hmm. uh you know if they can just like i said be a, be have a punishing running game mm-hmm. uh cuz you know i've seen a couple of games and their running game has been outstanding but also by the same token that passing game has really, 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 you know, developed and improved. So at the end of the day, you know, at a La Vega, and until somebody proved me wrong, I think La Vega's going to come out on top on that one. You know, I, I'm going to piggyback off that because I actually saw um, my son that goes to Connolly. Mm-hmm. And actually, a week ago today, I went to a scrimmage, and I did stay afterwards to saw Connolly's varsity versus La Vega. And I must say, mm-hmm. how do you look? It wasn't the Lavega of old that I saw. Now mm. I'm not I'm not taking away from the talent. It could have been the coach. They're not showing everything. It could right. have been, yeah. you know, they, they just really shows they kind of just right. kind of give the starters a rep or two because mm-hmm. uh, they did come out the gate score right away, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, so so on and so forth. But I think Conley's a team to watch out for as well. Okay. But I think Lavega, uh, they're going to have to prove it this year. Yeah, the name they've had, the talent they had, mm-hmm. that have put them in the position they in the last two years, they're mm-hmm. no longer around. Okay, um, you've got you've got those uh, that defense that done defense that they had. Mm-hmm. Those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. Some you know on the collegiate level, most on the collegiate level. Right. You have the quarterback at uh, Williams at, okay. at, at, at quarterback. He when he graduated, dad retired. Right. So it's a, you got to see what they got at the quarterback position. They right. got to see how that defense is gonna. Uh, this hold up. Right. So it's no longer a case of they do have uh, Taekwon. He's a guy from, guy from Marlin that plays mm-hmm. for La Vega now. Mm-hmm. So they do have talent. Right. But they're going to have to keep that name going and not going to be effective just based off of what name we alone. thought La Vega was the last couple of years. So no, that, they can't just that, walk yeah, in that, Yeah, that, 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 that state championship team is not there anymore. It's not going? No, they're it's not gone? there. Okay. But what I did want to uh, talk about, it's really not a game that uh, – <clears throat> Really not a game that <laughs> usually has any meaning because right. of one side of this thing, right. which I had a daughter that went to university high. Okay. Four years, and they never won a high school game. Never? And it hurt me. But I see that typically that's the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. But uh, university actually plays Waco High, and that is tomorrow. So the rival wow. game is right away. I think Waco High is going to be pretty good this year. I think they're going to be. Um, you know they have a new staff. They got a new staff. Brand new staff. They got a new staff. And those players that were there a couple of years ago have since gone. Right. So That's true. The question is, for Waco High, do you think it will be a year of resurgence or a year of rebuilding? Well, I think I think it will actually uh, more so resurgence. reason being that I say that because – in certain situations, mm-hmm. and and no one, and I repeat, please don't get you know, for for we're we're talking sports here, mm-hmm. so nowhere am I trying to insult anybody. Right. But not always when when you lose players, mm-hmm. it's not always a bad thing. 
for example, if for from from a standpoint of university, for you to say that that talent is no longer there, it's actually a great thing, right? Because when you're you, and, and I, I mean the staff, and I hope they, I hear they've kind of cleaned that up too. Mm-hmm. So that definitely needs to go because I don't understand how you can't win games right. and you're still keeping a job on a payroll. Right. Um, but that shows a lot about the program as well because there's there's those high echelon. When I, I went, I told you graduated from up in the Kempner area, Kempner High School up in Sugarland area. Right. And even then, Katy High School was a powerhouse, Ooh. and this was back in the mid '90s. Uh, when when that was going on, mm-hmm. and they are now still powerhouse so today. You right. can you I've actually seen uh, coaching staffs get to the third round of playoff and lose and lose their job. Right. Because no, it's state you're, you're you're biting your fingernails if you get to state and lose. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So let alone if you get put out in the first two or three rounds, yeah. you know you're pretty much out of here. Mm-hmm. So that's just the uh, that's just the. Uh, uh, what they've built there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting for me to see. I think uh, university is nowhere mm-hmm. but uphill for this. Mm-hmm. And I think Waco High, I think they have to um, they have to resurge it. I think they'll be okay because I did see some of their freshmen in uh, JV games okay. from a year ago. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty good talent there. So okay. I'm looking forward to it. I'm All right. Good. It sounds good. And uh, we cannot end this segment without talking about there's a game that's going to be taking place. And um, it's going to take place on Sunday. It's a Sunday night tilt. Pinning the number eight Miami Hurricanes. Yes. Against the number 25th ranked team, the LSU Tigers. Yes. And if my memory serves me correctly, we do have a resident, the U fan. Yes. So, therefore, I will defer but for me, for my money, I will put my money on LSU. Okay. To okay. beat the U. Okay. And I mean, I, I totally understand that. As you as you said in earlier segments, mm-hmm. um, that is totally sexy to say. I mean, if you got to look at this thing, you got to say, I got Miami and LSU. Oh, that's the S. What is it? SEC. Oh, that's Bama's fault. Oh, that's that sounds so good. But I got something for you. you I want to. I want you to keep this in mind, Jay. The turnover chain. You will see it over and over again. I don't know. On Sunday. I don't know. Number. I'm telling you right now. That know. defense, with with what we have returning, I, I don't know from 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 that defense of a year ago, mm-hmm. and what on seriously that defense is not a concern for me. I think that you know LSU. You talked about rebuilding and resurging. Right. I think they're in a rebuilding state. I think that they, you know, they didn't have the greatest of years last year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got to prove, and they got to get they, they got to get their mojo, them the mojo back. Right. So, I definitely think from from uh, on that standpoint that our defense can be effective against against them. Right. Um, so if LSU can minimize the turnovers, and they can manage the clock, mm-hmm. and they can kind of put the pressure on us and get us rattled, mm-hmm. um, I think they'll have a chance. Uh, if they if we, if we come out, they turn the ball over early. They give us that momentum. Mm-hmm. It'll be over by halftime. Yeah. So the turnover check. But on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. offensively, we've got some issues, uh, whether it be at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've 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 got we've got some talent, <laughs> but we're in big games. Yes. Okay. We we have we've been known. Mm-hmm. To we not know. do so well oh. um, from the quarterback standpoint. So, so just kind of like, like, like let us under the, so, the, the front. There you go. So, so it's going to be interesting to see, I think, uh, if 
LSU can uh, minimize their turnovers, okay. they have a chance. I think that's the only way they have a chance. If they don't, if we get three turnovers in this game, which I think, and I know that's cliche, anybody can say, well, hell, if anybody gets three turnovers, but if we get three turnovers. Mm-hmm. you got to capitalize on the points. Oh, it, usually when we when we get three turnovers, mm-hmm. they capitalize in for six. Okay. We don't usually pick it off and give it to the offense because yeah. we know what's going to happen. Right. So we usually, <laughs> we usually try to go ahead and get it in. Right. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I got I'm have to disagree with you. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because I, I love the U. You. Yeah, that's what it is. Which it's is I, why I think you that's chose it is. LSU is because I love the U. But I'm going with the U. And I think well, we'll win this one easy. I think, we'll, I think we'll win this one by three touchdowns. Okay. Well, you know, just think, just think uh, you know, when you look at LSU, they just brought in Joe Burrow. He's a graduate transfer out of Ohio State. And uh, he has been named the starter. So, you know, once again, there's, you know, with that, anytime you have a new quarterback, doesn't matter whether you're a graduate transfer or you just, you know, you, you start with the program, there's going to be some chemistry issues because you're not used to throwing to those receivers, right. backs. Right. So, you know, of course, camp can only do so much with that. So at the end of the day, um, I believe it really, to tell you the truth, uh, you know, just it's going to be a really close game. If I had to call it, Bell would say 23-24, maybe 23-20. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to... LSU. Technically, no. I'll, I'll Come give on, to man. Miami. I'll give it to Miami. It's okay. I'll give it to Miami. It's okay. And the reason why I give it to Miami is because last year they uh, really, really exceeded expectations in the uh, playoffs. So, uh, you know, they had a great bowl game. And at the end of the day, I believe that they have that momentum coming back, a lot of continuity uh, on both sides of the ball. Of course, you, like you said, you mentioned those some of those things that, you know, they kind of ailed them, you know, previously. Mm-hmm. But I believe they're just going to be really amped up uh, to be able to play. And I believe the key is going to be on special teams. I just, for some reason, the key is going to be special teams for me. So, field, you know, starting field position, you know. Um, so, give a nod to the U, 23. 20. There you go. Okay. Well, we'll take that. If that's the way we got to do it, we'll take it all day, every day. So, I don't know. I, I just believe that um, the U will will pull that one out. So, and uh, as we finish week one for college football, we're going to end up with number twenty Virginia Tech at number nineteen Florida State. So, my look at these two teams. Florida State hasn't enjoyed the um, the fruits of his labor like it has. Uh, for one, being you know you know you had to be on the rock not to hear that. Jimbo Fisher left Florida State to go to Texas A&M. And uh, so, you know, you got a new staff in place. You got, you know, players trying to learn, a, you know, pick up a new system. Um, and so there's a lot of dynamics going to be moving there. And so with that being said, uh, I'm definitely going to give a nod to Virginia Tech. I believe if they, you know, limit the turnovers, be able to move the ball down the field a little bit, uh, they may have an opportunity to, uh, you know, be able to defeat uh, Florida State. And I would say probably in the area of 27, Virginia Tech, 20, Florida State. Okay. Yeah, I think think that's – that game, uh, I think for Florida State – well, I'm sorry, for Virginia Tech, it's important to start off with a win. But – to kind of catapult them. Last year, they actually started off 7-1, and one, mm-hmm. um, and then they lost three of the last five. Right. 
um, including Oklahoma State in the mm-hmm. Camping World Bowl. They lost that one as right. well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for them to, to – they're, they're usually really good at this at this uh, junction of the season right. uh, to start off. Oh, so fast I think, starters. Yeah, mm-hmm. fast starters. So I, I think that for them is going to be uh, challenging uh, to not only perform well um, on Sunday but also mm-hmm. moving forward. So I think they'll hold their own. It's interesting to see what they have going here. Mm-hmm. Um uh, from an offensive standpoint, I think they'll be fine. Right. Um, Florida State, however, has a guy who is returning. Mm-hmm. Who is that guy? Francois. 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 Whatever. How you pronounce that last name? Quarterback. The old QB. Yeah, okay. He's coming back. Okay. So um, I think their defense is going to have a problem there. Uh, so I mean, offensively, uh, they are they are uh, a very good team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he do he does have to still. Uh, go in and and earn his spot back because uh, they do have uh, a sophomore and James Blackman and a freshman and Bailey uh, Hawkman that's going to compete for that quarterback position. So once again, kind of like in the Bama uh, situation, we're going to kind of see how that's going to go. If he can come back from an injury, it's kind of different from the standpoint of how they right. were replaced. But let's see how he does. They didn't fare well when he was injured last year. So right. I think at these at this juncture of the games mm-hmm. um, of the season, I should say right. that it's important to when we watch these games, because no matter how much you look at the scouting reports, no matter how much um, you you know who's going to be where, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how that fits right. um, as uh, as a cohesive unit as right. far as it, from the standpoint of the teams. Right. So I think in that, that key to that game is to see how Virginia Tech bounces back from how they ended the season right. last year mm-hmm. and also how Florida State's going to react to the quarterback coming back, mm-hmm. um, if he's going to be the same. Um, so I think he tore his ACL. Right. Um, so it's still yet to be seen if he's going to be the same when he comes back. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be what you keep your eye on. Keep yeah. seeing the, the 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 attitude of Virginia Tech, Correct. and also how that's going to fare for Florida State in that quarterback position. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Should be a good game. Yeah, should be. Yeah, and also just keep in mind all too also that uh, from Virginia Tech there were two defensive starters dismissed from the program. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how does that actually mold and shape a young program? Because when you think about, you know, two defensive starters, I mean, mm-hmm. these guys who actually, you know, put time in, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and now they, you know, are going away from them, you know, were they leaders? You know, if they were leaders, then, of course, that might take, you know, push that uh, defense, take a step back with the defense. But, um, you know, with the right coaching, you know, new stars have come up and, you know, mm-hmm. new names are made. So at the end of the day, like I said, it should be a good game. What do you think the score is going to be? Well, I, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it will be a very high-scoring game. I think at first uh, they'll come out and, um, like I said, the defenses uh, will be very important at the beginning because they'll be trying mm-hmm. to fill each other out. Right. So, I mean, I think it will be in the low 20s. I'd say 24-21. And I, I, I honestly – I'm going to give the nudge to uh, Florida State mm-hmm. on this one. Um, but if – and for all you superstitious um, watchers – the Seminoles do lead the all-time series twenty-three to twelve okay. to one tie. Okay. So, but they haven't played each other since twenty twelve. Florida State yeah. won twenty-eight twenty-two back in Blacksburg. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting game. But I do give Florida State the edge by three. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Talked about the local teams. Talked about two contests that are going to be taking place Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. So, guys, just keep in mind. This is what we do. We love it. We love it. We're talking about it 24-7. That's why 
when you tune in, make sure you tune in to J&J Sports Nation. Out.